Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 529 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. We thank you for being here. We appreciate it very much. And this will be a short topics episode because we did a deep dive last time around. Had a little bit of a discussion about JTDX. Hope everybody had a chance to listen to that. And we'll get to some news stories here in a minute. But before we do that, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right. So very good. Episode 529 on a very frigid day for the hosts and uh, for some of the audience members, um, all of which are below zero at the moment, hosts at least. <laughs> and uh, I think our minus one is balmy for, for Bill. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be like, uh, you know, at the shorts weather. The thing is, you could crawl into your refrigerator and you'd be warmer. Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> sort of being in my garage is kind of like being in my refrigerator so <laughs> do you at least have your uh your your uh heat dish of death <laughs> yes my heat dish of death is right behind me and i'm uh you know triple layered up and wearing my little cap and stuff like that the only thing i have to do is put my hands in my pockets so because <laughs> it's a little hard to move the mouse and stuff with gloves on so i have to go in and out that way but yeah Did it doesn't get terribly warm in here did you steal my refrigerator thing from Facebook? Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I figured. Well, you said something about it, and it does make perfect sense. Yeah, it's 40 degrees warmer in our fridge right now than it is outside. So, negative yep. one. Yeah, so yes, right, now, but... right now all the fans in my servers outside are, are like, ramped up trying to, to circulate heat from the system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, my mine has a little yellow badge of death on the front of it, saying it's uh, it's cold. Something's it's wrong with the temperature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of mine are doing the same. So yes, you'd think they wouldn't care. You'd think they'd operate more efficiently at these temperatures, but uh, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking that's like the normal struggle you have is keeping enough cool air heading to the to the servers to make them happy. But no, apparently, yeah, uh, some of them get very unhappy. <laughs> Yeah, they ramp up the fans incredibly loud uh, when it's cold. Yep. Trying to conserve heat or something. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's get to some news topics. We don't have a lead topic for tonight, so we're going to get into amateur radio first of all. And uh, what the heck? We'll let Bill start off. Sure, yeah. And this one is removing the speed limits on low frequency and VHF below 450 megahertz. So this is, of course, following the FCC's approval of removing the symbol rates on the HF bands. There's a notice for proposed rulemaking, which affects the LF bands and the VHF bands below 450. 
So this would include the 220 meter band, the 630 meter band, and of course, six meters, two meters, 1.25 meters, and 70 centimeters. So the AR. ARRL has strongly agreed with the FCC's proposal to remove the symbol baud rate limits on the remaining bands. The ARRL <clears throat> comments also noted that the uh, CW operation is protected in the lower 100 kilohertz of the 6 and 2 meter bands. Not like many people use it, but hey... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they all use FT8 now and will continue to be so protected. But otherwise, all modes are permitted in the remainder of the subject VHF and UHF bands with only the data modes subject to bandwidth restrictions below 450 that vary by band. Boy, that's very wordy. But anyway, that came to us from the ARRL, of course. And uh, so hopefully in the next, uh, you know, six months or so, we'll probably see everything sort of open up below 450 megahertz. All right, very good. Nice to have that extra speed, quote-unquote, available on the bands. And I guess we'll see what people do with it now that we have fewer restrictions. Yeah, because in in the upper bands, the VHF bands, you can do it across FM, so larger channels are a lot bigger up there. Yeah. Much much wider. Yes, Moida. Moida. All right, so this next one's uh, short. So let's see if we can get Sherilyn here to read this one. She figures out how to move the mouse over to the click the microphone. (laughs) Apparently my mouse is freaking out. So so the next one is HamSci Workshop 2024. Abstract submission is open. They are looking for presenters for the March 22nd and 23rd, 2024 HamSci Workshop at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. The workshop will focus on the theme of alignments between the sun, moon, and earth, between collegiate amateur radio recreation and STEM circulation, or curriculum, excuse me, between data collection and analysis, between professional and citizen science. They're preparing for a solar eclipse on April 8th, for which Cleveland will be in totality. If you'd like to present, visit hamsci.org slash hamsci2024 to submit an abstract. Abstracts are due by February 10th. Presenters will be notified by March 1st. And that information came from Hamsci. Mm, good place for it to come from, considering it's all about Hamsci. Yeah. <laughs> Directly from the source. <laughs> Exactly. That's where we like to get stuff exactly from the source. Well, we can't rely on uh, Southgate Amateur Radio Club anymore. <laughs> so uh, we do actually have to go find stuff now. Yes. Um, which, which is a good thing in, in theory. So I know when I was at, um, uh, at the mention of STEM, it just reminded me of going into uh, Micro Center a few days ago. Because the Raspberry Pis are located in the maker and STEM space at Micro Center. So they do have a lot of cool stuff in there. If you have a micro center and haven't been to one, you should go. I don't oh. have one. <laughs> no, we're the closest one to you would be probably like Denver. So, oh yeah, Denver probably. I was going to say Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's one closer than Kansas City, but you never know. Um, yeah, that's the closest one to us for sure. It's only two and a half hours away, so that's pretty close. All right, so we do have one more story here in amateur radio, and I guess I will pick that one up. Changes to AMSAT North America TLE distribution for January 12, 2024. Two-line elements, or TLEs, often referred to as Keplerian elements, or KEPs. Okay, I've never heard anyone say KEPs. In the amateur community, are the inputs to the SGP-4 standard mathematical model of spacecraft orbits used by most amateur tracking programs. Weekly updates are completely adequate for most amateur satellites. A significant exception is the International Space Station. Huh. 
I've been tracking the ISS with standard TLE data, but because of its low orbit, it experiences significant aerodynamic drag, which over a few days introduces noticeable errors, particularly for the 2395 megahertz ham TV transmissions that require narrow beam width dish antennas for good reception. Additionally, its orbit is periodically raised by thrusters. These combined factors require frequent updates to ensure accurate predictions. To satisfy this requirement, AMSAT has partnered with the SciTech Amateur Radio Society to generate a daily bulletin issued in the first hour of each UTC day. So, I guess they're saying update your Keplerian elements frequently. And this, of course, came from the horse's mouth as well, from AMSAT. Yeah, a little bit of a combination of the AMSAT newsletter and the link that they provided to get the additional context. The newsletter didn't provide. They did say in the 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 news update that they were going to get updated at the first of the hour each day, but they didn't say like where or whom or what. Yeah, they just said, yeah, because uh because some of the lower Earth or- orbiting things need to be updated more frequently. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, very good. Well, for for as little as I do anything with satellite tracking, the the one time per year ish that I updated the TLEs seemed to work fine. So, it's usually. Sometime on the Thursday before Hamvention. Ah, yes. When you actually launch G-Predict for the (laughs) first time of the year. (laughs) Yep. It it gets started in May every year, runs for three days, and then waits till next year. (laughs) Well, well, speaking of Hamvention, Bill could actually stop in Kansas City, Um, St. Louis, or um, in Columbus to go shopping at Micro Center. Well, Columbus wouldn't really be on the way. Well, it's 70 miles away, but, you know. You have to go by Xenia to get to Columbus. So, yeah, that doesn't get Yeah, well, it's close. Yeah, um, no, the way I go, I don't pass through either of those other two right, cities. Right, right. The only, the closest one to you is Denver. Yeah, 463 yeah. miles. Yeah, so there you go. You can, you not, can go not exactly Denver. close enough for a day trip. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a two day trip. That's a yeah. <laughs> go you, out, you, go there, and come back later. You make a two hundred mile day trip each way to go to Micro Center. Yeah, so, there's a difference between you know three hundred and sixty mile round trip and a nine hundred mile round trip. I mean, they're <laughs> yeah. that's significant. It's difference. doable. It's a couple well, tanks of gas. Yeah, a couple of tanks of gas. We know Bill doesn't sleep much, so you know it's okay. A monster energy drink while you're at it. (laughs) Yeah, well, it is mostly eighty down that way, I guess. You know, so yeah, yeah, good, good high speed limits all the way down to Denver because there's that that uh, that other state I can't remember. It's nothing is there. Um, uh, Oh yeah, Wyoming. That's right. (laughs) Oh yeah, the speed bump to the west. Right. All right. Well, anyway, that's all we had for amateur radio topics for tonight. So we're going to slide smoothly on into open source. And because, as we've stated previously many times on this show, Bill knows not how to edit. Uh, he's going to get to read the first one. So. <laughs> I actually I actually had ChatGPT edit these. <laughs> so they are a little verbose. Crap job. So <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, anyway, this this first story uh, is Linux Mint twenty one point three Virginia is released. Um, Linux Mint twenty one point three is a long term support release, which will bring support, uh, will, which will be supported until twenty twenty seven. It comes with updated software and brings refinements and many new features to make your desktop even more comfortable to use. 
That just sounds so great, doesn't it? Um, you know, the sad part is that this is based on 22.04, and this is a new release. Um, I'm sorry, Linux Mint. It really isn't a new release, but uh, whatever. We'll go ahead and just run over it real quick here. So they have some improvements to the ISO images and tools update. Um, yeah. Uh, hypnotics en enhancements. I don't know. Have you ever used hypnotics? I've, I've drank hypnotic. Does that count? No, no, no. Hypnotics. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a TV viewer application. It's actually pretty interesting. Uh, you know, at least brings you to a source of many television channels throughout the world. And uh, it's, it's an interesting app. I actually have it installed on all of my computers just because every once in a while, why not? Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it also can be used for uh, creating custom, cha custom channels from any streamable URL and updating its own local version of YouTube download protocol or whatever. D the YTDLP for streaming YouTube channels is built into there as well. Uh, there have been some Cinnamon 6.0 innovations. So we got some action spices. We have some Wayland support and other awesome stuff, including 75% scaling for those of you that want it to be even smaller than small. Other general improvements are uh, Warpinator now allows manual connections to devices via IP or QR code. Uh, there's a Sticky Notes app. Uh, that's been improved. A slick greeter login box alignment is now configurable. Uh, bulky picks, mint backup tool all have been updated with uh, new features. And there's also a color picker that's been added to XApp XDG desktop portal, whatever that is. Uh, artwork has been updated to a collection of new backgrounds from various photographers and artists. And as we mentioned at the beginning, the technical aspects of this is that it's based on kernel 5.15. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And Ubuntu 22.04. Uh, hopefully they don't take two years to release the next LTS, which the base would get updated here in three months. So <laughs> congratulations, Linux Mint and Linux Mint users. You have a new release that it will be expired pretty soon. <laughs> it's one of those ones that expired before it was released. Yeah, uh, that's so weird. I hope that's a typo or something. Maybe it's like based on 23.04 at least. No, they wouldn't be with 5.15. That's... That's old. Yeah, five. Yeah, because we have a story about the new one coming up here. So, ah, <laughs> yep. Ugh. So, all right. Well, both of these like have lots of bullet points. Uh, I guess I'll do the next one, and then Cheryl can read the the shortest of the three, which is still not short. <laughs> um, but anyway, a cosmic the road to alpha. It's from a blog post over on the System seventy six site. Bill had AI say. The team highlights the upcoming changes to the Cosmic desktop environment slated for release with the next LTS 2404. Yeah, it's going to be real soon now when 2404 comes out. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear Al that Linux Mint? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to be on somebody's shit list. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I'm sure nobody from the Mint cast listens to us, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Once upon a time, maybe, but probably not anymore. Uh, so Alpha released goals for the Cosmic DE. Alpha aims to feel like a complete product with more features to come. The team's focus is on usability feedback and completing settings panels for a stable release and preparation for the eventual 24.04 release in the summer. Um, spring. Yeah. Spring. Poor, poor <laughs> chat GPT doesn't even know what... <laughs> 24.04 connotes. Yeah, connotes. Connotes connotation. <laughs> no, I can see, I can hear chat, chat GPT saying connotes. Right, yeah. really. <laughs> uh, development phases. The remaining work is divided into three phases, adding remaining features, designing matching, and bug design matching. So, all right. So I can't read chat GPT. And bug fixes and further bug fixes. 
<laughs> bug fixes and further bug. Uh, this is wonderful. Documentation and creating ISO files. Yeah, AI is going to take everybody's job. This is going to yeah, be great. Can't you wait? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cosmic Terminal, a terminal application designed for cosmic desktop environment, featuring bi-directional rendering for different languages, ligatures, desktop, and syntax themes, and GPU rendering. Okay, don't ever do this again. <laughs> uh, cosmic R&R, a command line utility for listening and configuring displays in Wayland, which will be integrated into cosmic settings. Uh, Wayland just needs to die or something. Um, availability on NixOS. Cosmic Terminal and other Cosmic DE projects are now available for NixOS, indicating the system's compatibility and adaptability for different Linux distributions. Okay, so it's available for one, so that says it's available for all. Okay. Upcoming features in Cosmic. A screenshot tool. Wow. How 21st century. Um <laughs> Hybrid graphics, a mode that allows applications to use the dedicated GPU when needed. Frosted glass effects, a visual feature adding blurred transparency. Wow. Welcome as again. As they have wobbly windows. That's all they need, right? Yeah, that's what they need. Yeah, comp is the best thing that's ever happened ever. Uh, tiling applet, including an option to toggle auto tiling per workspace. Floating window stacks, cosmic app and applet icons. On-screen displays. Wow. I can't believe how forward-thinking this is. Uh, wallpaper. Oh, my goodness. That's space-themed. Go figure. <laughs> uh, lock and login screens. Are these are these new features? It's Yeah, it says upcoming features. Like, yeah. everything, everything is had for the last 28 years. Well, is- it says lock and login screens are currently in progress. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I think they're custom ones because, you know, they are trying to totally break away and be like their own thing instead of just a GNOME drop-in. Are they developing this on Haiku or what? I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> settings development, adjustment for displays, input devices, workspace, and wallpapers are being refined. Design matching phase. This involves polishing existing features to align with the overall design aesthetic. And the release time sign. The goal is to release the alpha version by the end of March with more updates expected in February. Well, welcome to 1998. Okay, so that came from the System76 blog. Is System76 developing this? Yeah, they're the uh, ones that uh, created it. This is part of Pop! OS. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> you did know it was Pop! OS, right? Um, that's that's no. the default environment that comes with Pop! OS. Now he knows. Uh, <laughs> yes. now, sure. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, we got to switch this over to the, the Mac OS show, I think. I don't know. This is not working out anymore. <laughs> GPT to, to write your script. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I guess we can talk with Steve about his Lucchese boots. <laughs> it's probably more interesting. Um, yeah. But I, I did read the story about uh, Linus Torvald's latest uh, bitch fest about features in the kernel. But um, I guess we do have an update on the latest Linux kernel. So I guess we'll let Cheryl read down through these chat GPT generated bullet points and we'll all be disgusted by the end. So go for it. All right. Thanks. Yeah. So our next story is the Linux kernel 6.7 officially released. And it's a big one. Mr. Torvald's comments on the release. We had a little bit more going on last week compared to the holiday week before that. It's certainly not enough to make me think we'd want to delay this any further. End result. 6.7 is, in number of commits, over 17,000 non-merge commits with 1,000 plus merges, one of the largest kernel releases we've ever had. 
So the list of features and enhancements on Linux uh, 6.7 is experimental BCA chefs. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Now in mainline kernel, option enable disable 32-bit emulation on x86-64 kernels. Intel Meteor Lake graphics support is now enabled by default. Woo! NVIDIA GPU system processor is uh, firmware support. DP Alt Mode 2.0 support and USB Type-C driver. AMD Seamless Boot now works with a wider range of AMD hardware. F2FS now available to support larger page sizes. Uh, BTRFS uh, buffs, yeah, including temporary file system ID support. App Armor access control. Um, KVM gains. KVM on risk V supports. Rust bindings. A long list of improvements features, ancient video buff layer removed, a Logitech HID, plus tweaks or plus plus tweaks, and Asus WMI driver adds screen pad support. Mm. And that all came from OMG Ubuntu. Mm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so. so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I'd be, I'd be like to see it. I'd like to see it. Especially because of some of these newer little uh, processors that you're seeing coming out in these like Nook-like devices. <clears throat> some of those uh, are just now gaining support uh, for at least like, you know, the stuff you want, <laughs> like acceleration and stuff like that. Right. Well, isn't um, Arch already using like 6.9? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're already using one that hasn't even built yet because we're so far into the future. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, Yeah, I actually am using 6.6.10. So that's what mine's sitting on right now. Oh, right. I think think the latest thing I've updated to is 6.1. No, I've got something later than that. Probably six dot two. I think a lot of lot of distros are still in like six two and six four. Yeah, it's probably somewhere around there. I just I don't remember. I don't really pay attention to kernels because I mean honestly, as long as the computer boots up, I don't really think about it. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean you do have some modern hardware now, so you should be a little bit more, you know, paying attention to that. Could yeah, be a source like- of some of your problems too. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm also using a kind of older distribution because I am using Bodhi, and that's based on, I think, well, no, I think I upgraded it to 2310 or 2304, mm-hmm. one of the two. I'm, I don't know. It's not, it's not the original one, so. Yeah, it probably still has a, an older kernel, per se. Well, actually, I can do one of those things where I do something stupid like check. Uh, hang, let's see what it is. <laughs> uh, what is my kernel on my ham box? Oh, jeez. I'm not I'm not even going to say. All what right. Is it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> say say it's anti-kernel isn't it <laughs> <laughs> no but it's uh 5.15 oh my god yes <laughs> no wonder jeez uh, yeah that's yeah. that's why your amd is not happy season. happy yeah but it's working well uh yeah i probably sort do of. need to bump up the kernel so um <laughs> one, one thing i will say i, I we're going to get into a, i'm just going to talk for a couple of minutes about uh, gtdx following up on the deep dive we did uh for our linux in the hamshack segment unless someone else has something else after this but um one thing i have decided to do is to use gtdx sort of full-time now instead of wsjtx uh after after like digging around into the internals of JTDX a little bit and tweaking things to my my liking. I am finding that I do like it quite a lot. Uh so I'm going to I'm going to keep using it for now and uh may 
keep using it into the foreseeable future. Uh, it, it doesn't feel a whole lot different than WSJTX, but it does feel different enough. And now that I've sort of beat it into submission for my workflow, uh, I do I do think I'm just going to stick with it. Um, one thing I did find is that the this has nothing to do with JTDX, but the the way Enlightenment does like startup applications and stuff like that really works well, and it has made it so that my uh, starting up my rig control demons by default don't like conflict with each other anymore. Uh, so that's a plus. So now every time my computer boots up, everything is just working. Um, oh, and I also found that the uh, there's some there's something wrong with my rig control using the uh, 13 pin port in the back of my Kenwood. Mm. But I have found that if I if I use my signal link. Uh, normally, but then take the speaker output and plug it into the aux input on the signal link, that that works perfectly. So mm-hmm. not sure what my issue is uh, with the 13-pin port, but it all works good this way. <clears throat> it sounds like something. Yeah, something's not jumpered right. Yeah, I'm using the right jumper inside the signal link, um, and I have to use, yeah, I have to use the mic the front mic connection, which is kind of a pain because I, I do like to be able to switch back and forth uh, from doing digital work to, you know, audio, mic audio work. But I also have the IC7100, so I can always do the, the mic stuff on that instead. The only thing, the only time it causes an issue is if I want to work any six meters, then I have to, I have to use the ICOM. Because uh, yeah, I mean, if you use the ICOM all the time, you just, you would have everything, right? I would, but the ICOM also has the two and 440 and the D star and all of that, which I, which I also do. So I, I, I really like having the Kenwood for doing HF because that way I can do all of the other esoteric stuff on the ICOM. Ah, so hmm. makes sense. Maybe I, maybe I just need to suck it up and buy another IC 7,100. <laughs> not, not <laughs> anytime soon. It's an expensive hammer. You're probably better off to buy like a 7,300 if you just wanted to HF one anyway. You get HF well, six. Yeah. I don't need be a little that. cheaper. Yeah, and I don't need the 2 and 440 because i got plenty of stuff to do that with. So, But uh, going back to the original point of this, um, I do like JTDX a lot. Um, the only problem I really had with it, as, as discussed last week, was the, the building of it, not having a pre-built package. Um, but honestly, now it's, it's coming out of the Git repo, so keeping it updated will keep me at the latest and greatest quite easily. So that's a plus. And uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. So there's that. And now I just have to get my Bodhi installed to uh, a kernel from this century. Yes, so. that would be advisable. <laughs> <laughs> Might fix all those weird audio issues you have to. <laughs> yeah, very well. Well, she's not. She's running Bodhi though. Or uh, sorry, she's running um, Budgie. Budgie Fedora or Cheryl, Ubuntu? No, Ubuntu Budgie. Cheryl's running Ubuntu Budgie. I'm running Bodhi on the oh. same. Yeah, but that still could probably be the old kernel. It could very well be. I haven't looked to see what's on there. So, all right. Well, that's all I've got. Anybody else got anything? Nope. Too cold to play Hayden Radio. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Cheryl put some stuff in here, I think. Was that you who put stuff in the announcements and feedback? Oh. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. We don't have authorship colors turned <clears throat> on, but I don't know. Um, so, I guess since you put it in there, you get to talk about it. Oh, okay. Whatever. So, all right. So we, we have two pieces of announcements and feedback. Number one, Hamvention's coming up in a couple of months. We'll be having our GoFundMe running here fairly soon. I think Russ usually starts at end of February, 1st of March, I think. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, and listen to our next Short Topics episode, 
for Ubuntu, for information on Ubuntu 24.04, which is named Noble Numbat, uh, apparently they're doing all kinds of stuff with that. So I'm surprised it didn't make it into this episode, but Russ may have missed my uh, text message about it, so... Yes, obviously I did. Yes, apparently so. So, well, I'm sure as we get close to the release of of Ubuntu 24.04, which is the next LTS, you know, so that's the the big bad boy that you have to talk about, right? Well, so, yeah, it's the, uh, the the noble numbat in the room, so to speak. So, yeah, we'll be talking uh, about it for sure. <laughs> all right, with that, I think we're all the way down to the bottom, which means new subscribers, supporters, and live participants is the last thing on our list. So we'll let Cheryl hit those. All right, there are no new subscribers or Patreons for this week, but on Facebook we had Kevin Apont, Jason Paul, Seth Robbins, Daniel Muller, and 16 other unknown people. Uh, on Twitter and slash X, we had at Foss and Linux. On Instagram, we had KC9JJJ. On Mastodon, we had at NDC. There's nobody that joined us on YouTube this week. On Discord, we had Arma. Nobody on the mailing list. And for the live chat tonight, we had Tom, N4HAI, Joel, KC0YEW, Snoosaki, Jared, W7AQB, Steve, J55T, excuse me, John, K1BTZ, and Winston, KD2WLL. All right. Very good. So that brings us down to the bottom of the show. And let's see, do I have anything else to finish off with? I don't think so. So thanks, everybody, for joining us for tonight for our short topics episode. We appreciate you all being here, and we hope you will catch us in a week for our Weekender edition. I don't remember exactly where we are in the Weekenders, like 105, something like that. Um, But, you know, (laughs) it'll be fun. We'll have things to talk about, lots of uh, booze, I'm sure, and uh, other hedonistic topics. And, of course, we'll be bringing back the in the random topic wheel so find out what our topic will be next week when we get around to that in the meantime stay warm if you're in one of the places that's cold which i guess is about 70 percent of the u.s right now and uh, if you happen to be in a place that's warm i hate you just kidding (laughs) Uh, but in the meantime have a great week we hope we'll catch you all for the next episode and with that we'll let you get back to the rest of your day this has been episode number 529 of linux in the ham shack i'm russ k5tux i'm cheryl w5moo and i'm bill any 4 rd 73 thank you for listening to this episode of linux in the ham shack lhs is a community-sponsored podcast Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one 909 lhs show that's one 547 visit the online lhs merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise until next time remember to always heed your hedonism <laughs> <laughs>